and oh how you are with me and oh how you talk with me and oh how you tell me that I Stop me, cause you hold my hand And I'm walking in your victory Cause your power is within me No giant can defeat me Cause you hold my hand No fire can burn me No battle can turn me No mountain can stop me Cause you hold my hand And I'm walking in your victory Cause your power is within me No giant can defeat me Cause you hold my hand And you know my name You know my Come on, let's thank the Lord. Let's thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Brianna. Thank you, Quan. Thank you, DeVito. Thank you, Steve. To God be the glory. We thank the Lord for young people using his talent for his glory and to be a blessing to not only the body of Christ, but to the unsaved world. Father, I ask now that you allow me to just spend these few minutes sharing your word. And I pray, Lord, that I'll be convicted first. And then, Lord, that those who hear the word will do a self-examination. And whatever we find in our lives that's not like you, remove it, Lord. And Holy Spirit, through your power and guidance, help us to be filled with your presence. That we may live holy, but we can also live in love and show people the way to Jesus. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Again, I just want to briefly thank all of you who pressed your way. And don't think I don't know for a second that it was um, just your determination to be here this morning. And I am so appreciative as the pastor of this church for so many church members and some who are not that you will come on the first, second Sunday, 8 a.m. service uh, in, in my history as pastor of Rome Salem. I'll say it that way because it's not new. Amen. We're going to turn quickly to the book of... Um, St. John, chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. I'm looking at that big clock on the wall now because I said this is going to be 15 minutes, so I got to stay with that. Try to anyway. St. John, 13th chapter, verses 34 and 35. Jesus is talking here in this 13th chapter, uh, and he says these words. This is from the uh, New King James Version. He says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And verse 35 says, by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another another. And just for a few minutes, I'm going to talk from this subject, um, the right way to love somebody. The right way. Some of y'all remember the song, Don't Get Holy Now, because it's 8 o'clock in the morning. You can save the holy act for 11. But at 8 o'clock, we can let it hang out. Y'all remember that song by Keith Sweat, There's a Right and a Wrong Way to Love Somebody? Y'all, some of y'all know it, because some of you are trying to sing it to somebody. I know you was. I tried to sing it, too. When I realized I couldn't sing, I stopped. But anyway, that's what Keith Sweat said. He, he even recognized that there's a right and a wrong way to love somebody. And, and a lot of people believe that love is the answer to fixing a lot of the problems in our world. And I agree with that. Love is the answer. Uh, if, if, if we as human beings loved each other uh, uh, more, if we did that, Evelyn, there would be less jealousy. There'd be less anger. There'd be less violence. There would be less death. It's one of my problems with uh, Christmas holiday season, the way we celebrate it uh, in, our, in our modern era, uh, uh, our secular thought of Christmas. You know, and you hear people say, uh, you know, I, I, I'm so get special time of the year, this special. Fe that feeling should be all year long among believers in Jesus Christ. We should have that Christ love spirit 365. Amen now. Our world does need more love, but it must be the love of Jehovah God. In our current popular 
society and culture, many people say love is love. And you see that on bumper stickers and people wear it on, you know, T-shirts and they may probably have it on bands and bracelets and some of that. Love is love. I respectfully say to people who believe that, that's just simply not true. Jehovah God created love and Jehovah God is love. So if people don't love God's way, we're loving the wrong way. If we don't love God's way because he created love, then we're loving the wrong way way. Amen. So let's talk for just a few minutes about the right way to love somebody. In this gospel of St. John, the 13th chapter, verses 34 and 35, Jesus is talking with his closest disciples, his inner circle, and, and he commanded his disciples to love one another just as he has loved them. Now this is Jesus. He's both the son of God and Jesus is God. How do I know that? Because in St. John chapter 1, John clearly tells us that the word was with God and the word was God. And then in verse 14, he goes on and says that the word became flesh. Well, the only one that became flesh was Jesus. So Jesus is God. Amen. Now, Jesus was just like his father. So he is loved just like his father. And while he walked on this earth, Jesus agape loved his disciples. What makes agape uh, a, a different love than filio and eros love? Well, here it is. I can tell you that agape is unconditional, but that's not enough. That doesn't clearly explain it the way it needs to be explained. When you have time, I, I would ask you to please, for yourselves, read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and then if you look at verses 1 through 8, you'll find a clear definition and description of how to agape love somebody. Jesus had and he still has agape love for everybody. Make no mistake about it. God loves everybody. There are people who may be unlovable and there are people who don't love him. But God, Jesus Christ loves everybody. That's why when he went to the cross, he died for the sins of everybody. There are no exceptions. Some people may want to exclude themselves. Some people may feel excluded, but there are no exceptions. When he went up on that cross and shed his blood and hung his head and died, the Bible said he became sin for everybody so that we could have our sins forgiven. Amen. So, so, so Jesus loves everybody. Jesus wants us, his followers, those of us who say we are saved and we claim to be followers of Jesus Christ, we have to agape love each other first, amen, because we don't always get that one right, and then we have to agape love people. What people? Unsaved folks. Agape love is always the right way to love somebody. If Christians want to obey and serve Jesus in this present sin-filled world, we have to love people the right way. Amen. Now, we live in a world where people want to be proud and people want to be loud and people want to be self-centered. And for a lot of people, love is anything that anybody wants it to be. Amen. Now, for a lot of folks, love is anything that anybody says it is. Some folks loving their dog or cat just like loving me. I'm so glad Julia doesn't love animals, because if we had one and she said she loved little Fido as much as she loved me, we'd be divorced. 
She's probably going to say, I had a cat. I love my cat, but Julia was always number one. My cat, my cat was not number one. My cat, Julia was always number one. Amen now. But, but, some, but for some folks, anything goes when it comes to love. Just whatever you feel good about doing, ever how you want to roll, and you can call it love. And there are a lot of people who will say, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right, because love is love. There are even some churches, amen, that teach a doctrine about love that is contrary to God's word. How can you say you follow Jesus and you have his word to see what he says and what God says about things, but then you are preaching and teaching a doctrine that is 180 degrees opposite, contrary to what God's word says? But, but there are some churches that are teaching doctrines on love that are contrary to God's word. Amen. If we are committed to love God's way, which is the right way, we will be in opposition to this politically correct majority. Amen. Please, please, ma'am, please, sir, hear me very clearly. I don't care if you don't so-called mess with anybody, you don't bother anybody, you don't try to get in other people's business, and all that stuff that we should do. Amen. But even if you don't do any of those things, if you ever publicly declare or somebody finds out that you say you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you can look for somebody to immediately start not liking you. You don't have to say or do anything contrary towards them because there's something about the name of Jesus that puts people in an immediately convicted state. See, what people will say to you is, oh, yeah, you're a Christian, so because you're a Christian, you think you can judge somebody. You think you're better than me. You can't judge me. Well, you're right. I'll be the first to say I can't judge anybody. I got too much of my own to deal with. But the word of God judges us all. And the word of God will convict us all if we choose, number one, to read it or to know it. And then if we allow it to shape our lives. So that's why sometimes just by being a child of the most high God, people will feel uncomfortable around you. And some people will decide, may I hate to say it, but yes, yeah, some people will hate you just because you believe in Jesus. But that's all right. You just keep on living for the Lord and the Lord will have your back. Amen now. Because you just might as well understand that's the way it is. But because we love him, even in this politically correct world, because we love Jesus, we must obey him regardless of the consequences. Some folks have lost good relationships when they stopped walking in the dark and came into the light. Some people have lost bonds with family and friends, Brenda, when they stepped out the dark and came into the light. Some folks have been targeted on their jobs, Gloria, when the boss man or the boss lady or some of the colleagues found out that, yeah, you are a believer. Oh, you just happened to mention, oh, yeah, you know, I went to church Sunday. What church did you go to? Well, I went to Greater St. James Apostolist at Holy Baptist Catavia Baptist Cathedral. You go to that church? As soon as they find that out, you're a target then. Amen, so it's going to happen. But still stand firm. We have to stand firm in our faith in Jesus and commit to love people even when they don't love us. Jesus said um, that if we will stand for him, he will defend us. In the book of St. Peter, the Gospels uh, of St. Peter, uh, of the chapter 3, verses 12 and 13, these are the words Peter wrote. He says, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and the Lord's ears are open to their prayers. Who are the righteous? You and me, when we become saved. I'm not righteous because I did everything right from last Sunday to this Sunday. 
I'm not righteous because I got on my knees three or four times every day and prayed. I'm not righteous because uh, every time uh, something that might have been ungodly came on TV, I turned from it quickly. I may have done that, but even if I didn't, I'm not righteous because I didn't ever get mad last week. I'm not righteous because I didn't ever lose my patience last week. I'm not righteous because maybe perhaps uh, 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 I, I didn't have a thought that I shouldn't have had last week. I'm righteous because I humbled myself one and I decided that I would accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And it's his blood that makes me righteous. So whether you feel righteous in a moment of time or not, if you are saved, you are righteous. Because you're righteous in God's eyes. It's not about what we do, it's what he did for us. So Peter says in 1 Peter 3, 12 and 13, that God's eyes are on the righteous and his ears are open to our prayers. Listen, he says, but the face of the Lord is against people who do evil in God's eyes. Now here's the thing you need to know about God defending you. Then Peter says, and who is it that will be able to do you harm If you are doing what the Lord says is good. It's a rhetorical question because the answer is nobody. Nobody can do us harm if we're doing what's right in God's eyes. Well, you know, that person has a lot of money. They can't do me you harm. Well, you know, that person has a lot of influence. They can't do you any harm. Well, you know, that person, uh, they are close to the person that I'm trying to get a job with in this company over here. They can't do you no harm. If you are doing what's right in God's eyes, there is nobody that can do you in a home. Why? Because God has all power, all knowledge, all authority over everybody. Unsaved folks sometimes forget just because you're not saved, he's still your God. You don't have to claim him, you're still under him. He still has authority over your life whether you claim him or not because he created you and he has authority over us all. Amen. I, I want to share three examples of the right way to love somebody, and, and, and then I'm going to be finished. First of all, the right way is to first. The right way to love God is this way. Got to love God first. Mark 12 verses 30, verse 30, and you all know this very well. Mark 12 and 30. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all of your mind, and all of your strength. In other words, I've said it many times, I'll continue to say it till the Lord tells me to stop saying, God has to be first. God and God alone, I know, I know we love our, our, our children. I know we love our, our parents. I know we love our husband or our wives. I, I pray that we do. I know we love whatever it is we love, a person. We, we love this thing. We love this activity. We love our job. But you have to look, if you're saved, God has always got to be first. How does that play out practically in your life? It means that in all your decision making, in all your, uh, uh, in everything that happens situationally in your life, you go to the Lord for advice. Now, God may use people and God may reveal to you some information from somewhere to help you with what you need. But what you always do is you take it before the Lord first. And here's the other thing. No matter what I say, no matter what the president says, no matter what anybody else says, you say, God, whatever you say, that's what I'm going to do. So God has to be first. So the right way to love God is to love him with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. In other words, he must be first in every area of your life. And every area means every area. Number two, 
the right way to love your enemies. Matthew chapter 5, verses 43, 45. You have heard it said, this was Jesus himself talking. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor, hate your enemies. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Why? That you may be the sons and the daughters of your father in heaven. Listen to what Jesus said. God causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. And God sends his reign on the righteous and the unrighteous. Even though people don't like you, we have to love them anyway. Now, look, I ain't trying to be fake and phony about this. You know, I'm a Christian and, and oh, I'm so holy. Now, sometimes you want to sit, tell folks some stuff. And if they rub you and push up on you too hard, you may want to lay some hands on them. Not necessarily holy hands. Amen. And look, now, come on, y'all. Some of y'all know, y'all know back in the day. Y'all know some of y'all, some of us got some of us still in us right this day, too. But God has refined and reformed us. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you know you don't let folk just roll up on you any kind of way, even now. You know, they come up on you and say something crazy out there, miles, and, and you be like, what, what, what? And then, and then the Holy Spirit said, wait a minute, so calm down. And you say, whoo, thank you, Lord. Y'all almost got me. Y'all almost got me. Because Lord knows I'm about to tell you something, but. And then you can go on and say something in an appropriate way. You got to love your enemies. You have to love people who don't like you. You can't do it on our own. We won't do it on our own. How will we do it? By asking God. I just said put God first. Ask God to help us love people that don't like us. And he will give us the strength to do that. Amen. Amen. Number three, love people generally. The right way to love people is number three is people. Love people in a general sense. Go back to Mark chapter 12, verse 31. After Jesus said, love God first, then he said in Mark 12, 31, and love your neighbor as you love yourselves. Amen. You have got to love people. Now, I'm not talking about enemies. Now, enemies are those folks that are against you, and they're just generally, you know, trying to make your life a living hell. Now I'm just talking about people in general. Saved and unsaved. Because saved folks get on our nerves sometimes, too. Amen. You be lying if you said, I've been married to, to my husband or my wife for these last 5, 10, 20, 25, 30. Some of us in here got 50 years. You know you've had some cross words with your husband and your wife. If you ain't had no cross words, you've had some cross thoughts. But the love of God allows you to, to, to get by yourself and just think about it and say, well, you know what? I ain't going to let that be something that we're going to stay upset with each other about. I, maybe this time I'll forgive. Maybe the next time she'll forgive. May, maybe both of us will decide and talk it out. So you know what? We can agree to disagree and keep it moving. But the point is, and people in general, you've got to be willing to love people. There are people who have different points of view about the world and about life. What about your friends that you like really good, but y'all got different political views? Y'all going to fall out over that? They might be strongly in a particular way of thinking when it comes to politics or, or how the country should be governed, and you could be polar opposite of them. But you all are friends. Y'all going to fall out forever over that? No. Love people. Let me share two ways you can love people, just people generally. Ephesians 2, excuse me, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2 says, be telling us to do this now. We should be completely humble and gentle, listen, patient, Bearing with one another, meaning be willing to understand each other, 
How? In love. Read it again. Ephesians 4 and 2. Be completely humble, gentle, be patient, bearing with each other. That means understanding one another in love. I don't know what's in your background that may have made you be like you are. And you don't know what's in my background that may have made me become who I am. But I can still choose to love you in spite of. You can choose to love me in spite of. Okay, that's one way we can love people. Here's a second way we can love people. First Peter chapter 4, verse 8. It says, above all, love each other deeply. Why? Because love covers a multitude of sins. If you are willing to love somebody... The right way, Steve. There's a whole lot of stuff that may happen in your lifetime that you will be willing to forgive. You may not be willing to forgive it in the moment, but in time, the Holy Spirit will say, what did I tell you to do? And when you are obedient to the Spirit, you'll see things begin to turn around. So, so I just want to leave us with this. The right way to love God is to love him first. The right way to love our enemies is, is to pray for them. And if there's an opportunity to bless somebody who you know don't like you, you go ahead and bless them. And the right way to love people is to love them as you love yourself. In other words, be gentle, be patient, humble yourself, try to be understanding, and then love people, be willing to love people genuinely because your love will cover a multitude of sin. We need to be determined to love somebody the right way all the time. We won't always do it on our own. That's why we have Jesus. That's why we can go to God in prayer. That's why when my patience runs out, he'll give me more patience. That's why when, when, when I'm not as understanding as I should be, he'll help me to understand. And that's why the Holy Spirit will convict me. And Jesus said, love people as I have loved you. How did he love me? He loved me and he loved you enough to go to Calvary's cross. He loved me and he loved you enough to let him put stakes in his hand. He loved me and loved you enough to let them pierce him in his side. He loved me and he loved you enough to give up the ghost when his blood came out. He loved me and he loved you enough to let them put him in a borrowed tomb. He loved me and he loved you enough to stay there all the rest of Friday. He loved us enough to stay there all Saturday. He loved us enough to stay there all Saturday night. But the Bible says early on that Sunday morning, he loved us enough to get up. He loved us enough to get up. With all power, all authority, all wisdom, so that if we put our confidence in him, we put our faith in him, we do our best to obey him, he promised that we could have that more abundant life that he came to give us. Give God some praise.